I know, I'm just playing. Amen. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Sunday morning, first Sunday in August. Praise the Lord. Um, pray that God is continuing to just be real in your life. Amen. Um, and that you're continuing to, continuing to stand strong, believing in Him, trusting in Him. Amen. Um, we've um, gone through another month of the summer. Uh, and this is a year like no other, and this is a summer like no other, as we deal with so many things uh, here in the, in the United States, but around the world as well. Um, and certainly some uncertain times, and this is when, of all times, we need to make sure our trust is in God. And so uh, I want to continue pointing you to Jesus, amen, pointing you to the Lord. And we need people around us who will do the same thing. Amen. Because Jesus saves. Praise the Lord. And so we want to continue to walk with God, walk by faith, and trust in Him. Amen. Amen. So on this Sunday, um, second day of August, amen, the calendar has turned. Um, some kids are back in school, right? Yeah, I think in some so. places in the country, or they're going to be going soon. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what school looks like. I think a lot of people are going to be doing school remotely and everything else. So the challenges remain ahead of us, but God is able. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so we got to continue trusting, believing, praying, looking to God for our answers. Amen. Amen. And today we're looking for God, amen. We're we're like the uh, the two Greeks that said, "Sirs, we would see Jesus, amen." And so uh, we would see Jesus as well, um, and He's found in the Scriptures. Jesus said the Scriptures talked about Him, and we're going to go to Daniel today, the Book of Daniel, chapter three, um, and that's going to be our foundation for today. Daniel chapter three, and when you get there. Go with me to verse 13, and we will read down to verse number 18 in Daniel chapter 3. Amen. And in Daniel 3, verse 13, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, 
our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray today. Father, we bless you, O God, yes, for the God. word that was just read into our hearing. We ask you now, God, to make the word burn in our hearts today. Father, let it burn with revelation and with insight. Father God, let it just illuminate our pathway that we can walk with a blessed assurance, knowing, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Yes, Father, we thank you right now for revelation. We thank you for the impartation of your wisdom. We believe that we receive right now answers to our very situations and circumstances. And for that, we give you praise. Now, God, let your anointing be upon all of us, yes, both to receive and to hear. But also, God, let your anointing be upon me to share your heart. And through it all, may you be glorified. To you, we give all praise and glory right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to read... Um, Verse, verses 17 and 18 from the New Living Translation. Again, Daniel chapter 3. It says, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods, or worship the gold statue you have set up. Amen. Amen. And the title for um, our sharing on this morning comes from verse 18, and it's Even If He Doesn't. Amen. That's our title today, Even If He Doesn't. Um. This story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, is familiar unto us. Um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar set up this huge golden statue. I think it was like 80 or 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. It was an image of him. <laughs> Amen. And he, you know, he served it. He 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 had it uh, built and erected, and there was a decree that went out that at any time when the music played, people were to stop what they were doing, and they were to fall down and to worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were people of God and who believed in the true and living God, they decided amongst themselves and in their heart, individually, that they weren't going to bow down to some golden image. Because hmm. God said, you know, that he is the Lord thy God and only him should they serve. Amen. And so Amen. they were serving the true and living God and him alone. And so they refused to bow down. And word of this got back to Nebuchadnezzar. 
there were people um, who saw that these Jewish boys, these men of God, wouldn't bow down to the golden statue. And so they brought them to Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar was, was highly upset. He was enraged, and he said he wanted to know if it was true that they wouldn't bow down. Uh, this is what I'm hearing. He said, look, I'm going to give you one last chance. I'm going to give you one last chance. He's telling them to their face, I'm giving you one last chance. This music's about to play. And if you bow down, then we're good. I don't care what you didn't bow down in the past. If you bow down now, we're good. But if you don't, we're going to cast you into the furnace. And you, you love their answer, right? Because they said, we are not careful to answer thee. They're like, we don't even have to think about what we need to say to you. We don't even have to respond really to you and to your threats because the answer for us is decided, mm -hmm. right? We're not going to bow down to your statue. But they're, you know, they said something, or a few things very interesting. First, they said, we're not bowing down because our God, whom we serve, one, he's able to deliver us. How many of you know that God is able? Amen. God is able to deliver. It's amazing how many are not sure about the ability and the power of God. God is able. And many times I believe that our confidence in God being able is based on what we see or think we have seen God do or not do. But God is able. Amen. Caleb, you know, said this uh, when they came back from spying out the land. He said, you know, our God is able, right? And he even said, we are more than able. Why? Because he knew that God was working on their behalf. And so these giants are out there in the land. He said, look, there'll be bread for us. Our God is, our God is able. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said the same thing. They said, the God that we serve is able to deliver us. That was one thing from the burning fiery furnace. And then they said, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. So that's the second thing. He is able to deliver us. He will deliver us. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing they said was, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to you. Now that may seem like a contradiction, right? Because they said he's able and he will deliver us out of your hand, right? And then he said, but even if he doesn't, you say, well, do they believe God or not? No, they believe God. But they also, even though we call them the Hebrew boys, they had a maturity in their walking with God and their faith in God and their relationship with God where they understood something. That there are times when people of God, you know, we're going to use, you know, back in these days, but it all, it, it, it applies now where people of God would die in the line of duty. That happens, right? They, they saw 
you know, I'm sure, I'm sure soldiers and kings and friends, all who believe in God, yet die at the hands of enemies. So they know that happens. So they weren't trying to discount that and make it seem as if God was some giant insurance policy that would just cover them no matter what. They knew, first of all, he's able, he will, that's their confidence in him. But their confidence went so far, and this is something we have to understand, a confidence that goes so far that it's not shaken even if he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And see, that's the point. Their confidence was so strong. It wasn't based simply on whether he would do it or not. He's able, we're confident in that. He's going to do it, we're confident in that. And even if he doesn't, our confidence will not waver because we won't bow down to your statue. Because if their confidence would waver at the thought of God not doing it, they would have saved their skin. They would have said, you know what? God might not save us. Let's just bow down and get this over with and then we'd be good. But they said no, even if he doesn't. That's their confidence, but it's not only their confidence. That's how far their worship went. Mm -hmm. That's how far their praise went. That's how far their devotion went. Their devotion didn't, didn't go and stop at the end of answered prayer. Their devotion, glory to God, continued into the realm of unanswered prayer. Into the realm of even if he doesn't. How many of us can say the same thing? That my devotion to God is, doesn't stop at the point in which my prayers are answered. Right. They go beyond that. My devotion to God goes into the realm of even if he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something that we have to just... I, I believe this is where God wants us to go today. Because we could... Amen. The word of God is so wonderful. You can go so many different ways with the word, right? I believe God is leading us this way. Um, we, we need to reconcile within ourselves and be at peace with the truth. And that is that there is a place in God where our understanding stops. And, and we have to reconcile that within ourselves and be at peace with it. That there is a place in God where our understanding stops. There are some things we know about God. There are some experiences that we have with God that, you know, for lack of a better term, make sense to us. There are some things that, that we know. There are some things that we're comfortable with. There are some things that we're sure of. But there is also a place in God where our understanding stops. Um, we're gonna, uh, we may come back to Daniel chapter 3. Amen, if the Lord wills. But let's turn to Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29. Deuteronomy 29.29 says this. It says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and, and to our children forever, 
that we may do all the words of this law. See, there are some things that are secret that belong to God. And if they belong to God and they're secrets, that means these are things that we don't know. But there are some things that are revealed to us, and those things belong to us, right? The revealed things, the revelation, the insight we get from the Word, the teaching that the Holy Spirit uh, gives us, right? Uh, the inspiration that we receive from heaven. Those things belong to us, and they belong to us forever. They're ours to keep, but they also are ours to keep for a reason that we may obey him, that we may do all the words of the law, it says, right? That we should obey him. But there is a place in God that is secret. There are things that we don't know. There are things that are shielded off from us. There's a place in God where we get to it and it says no access beyond this point. Why? Because on the other side is the secret place. And, 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 and there are some secret things in that secret place that belong unto the Lord. Um, Proverbs 25 and 2 says, uh, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the honor of kings to search it out. And New Living Translation actually says, it's the privilege of God to conceal a thing. And it's the privilege of a king to search it out. Hmm. See, it, it's God has God has some things that are for him to know, you know, and and it's not for us to know. And you know, we we often talk about First Corinthians thirteen being the love chapter, and it is right, you know. Now abideth faith, hope, and love; these three, but the greatest of these is love, right? And we know love suffers long and is kind and all, and all the rest of it. But in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, Paul wrote this. He says, for now we see through a glass darkly. In other words, a glass is a mirror. He said, we see through a mirror darkly or dimly. If you see in a mirror dimly, it's like you can see the image, but you can't really make out the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? And when, how do we see that way? Now. That's our seeing, our understanding of the things of God right now. We see it dimly. We kind of get it, but we don't see it all clearly. For now, we see through a glass darkly. But then, on the other side of glory, we're going to see what? Face to face. And that's why he says what? Now I know what? In part. We don't know everything. We know in part. But then, on the other side of glory, I shall know even as also I am known. So on this side of glory, we see dimly. On this side of glory, we know only in part. Why? Because there's a secret place that God says, no access. Amen? Those things belong to God. Amen. The secret things belong to God. Um, the things that are revealed belong to us. And so there are some things that we don't know. And we have to get comfortable with that, people. We really do. We have to get comfortable with not knowing. And I, I will tell you this. I think as human beings, one of the things that frustrates us is when we don't know something. 
<laughs> Think about how, how, how upset you've gotten. And I could talk to young people too who might be listening or, may, or maybe think about back when you were young and how upset your parents got with you when they didn't know where you were. <laughs> they got so upset. We get upset when we think people aren't telling us things. <laughs> right? We get upset if somebody says to us something like, you know, someone told me something but they asked me to hold it in confidence. And you say, well, tell me what they said. As if you didn't understand. They just told you. <laughs> that it's to be held in confidence. That the, that the other person asked him to hold it in confidence. And know what, you, know what we say? Well, you can tell me. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> That's how badly we want to know stuff. We want to know. We want to know everything. Right? We want to know how things are going to end up. If we're going to go for the job, we want to know we're going to get it. Mm -hmm. Right? We want to know. We want to know that it's going to work. We want to know that if the Holy Spirit is leading us someplace, we want to know it's going to work out okay. We're going to succeed. We're going to prosper. We're going to be safe. Right? We want to know. And there's nothing wrong with that desire to know because I believe that gives us a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right? But, but, if we don't reconcile that with this, this unshakable truth, and that is there are some things in God that we do not know and will not know on this side of glory. Yeah. We have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with that. You know, the writer of Ecclesiastes in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, New Living Translation says this, it says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Amen. Amen. God has planted eternity in our hearts. But even so, we can't see the whole thing. We can't see everything that God is up to. Mm. There's certain things that belong to God that are secret. They're sealed off and walled off from us. God reveals to us what he wills. And also understand this, just from a, a very basic point of view, God is infinite and all-knowing. We're finite in our ability to understand, comprehend, and to grasp. So just by definition, there's going to be some things that this infinite God about this infinite God that we won't be able to understand. It's beyond comprehension. So we have to be okay with that and be okay. That's part of the faith walk. The faith walk is not a guaranteed walk. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that's why it's even, it's, it's a, a walk by faith, not by sight. It's like you don't see where everything is going to lead. You don't see how things are going to end, but you trust and you believe, right? But God has placed eternity in our heart. And don't you know that that's why eternity is placed in our heart, which is why things on this earth can never fully satisfy us. 
because we have eternity in our heart. That's why, yeah, you got that house, but after a while, you wanted another one. Yeah, you got that car, but then you wanted another one. You got that new watch, but then you wanted another one. You got the phone, but then you want another one. Why? Because those things are all temporary, and they can't satisfy our heart. There's nothing in this earth. This whole earth is temporary. This, God's going to create a new heaven and earth. This whole earth is temporary. People are temporary. Jobs are temporary. Possessions are temporary. Money is temporary. Everything in this earth is temporary, which is why the things in this earth can't fully satisfy us because we have eternity in our hearts. Mm. And, and temporary things cannot satisfy an eternal thirst. Yes. Right? The only thing that can satisfy the eternity in our heart is the eternal God himself. Yes. Right? Is Jesus. Unto us a son is born. Right? Unto us a... Uh, a, a child is born, unto us a son is given, right? And it talks about, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, yes. Prince of Peace. He's mm -hmm. eternal. Jesus satisfies that eternal eternity in our heart. Mm -hmm. Nothing in this earth can. You know, he, he made the Pharisees mad uh, when they were arguing with him, and he told them, he said, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, you're not even 50 years old. You're going to tell us you saw Abraham? And he said, before Abraham was, I am. Yes. See, that was a statement of his eternal nature, right? Mm -hmm. it, that was him saying, I'm eternal. Jesus is the only thing that can satisfy. So why am I saying this? Because see, we have eternity in our heart and we... But, but see, there's this thing that on this side of the earth, there's going to be this dissatisfaction. Yes. There's going to be dissatisfaction with our possessions and with people and with cars and with careers and with money and with this. And there's also going to be some dissatisfaction with what we know. Because yes. on this side of glory, our knowledge is not satisfactory either. And we have to come to grips with that. Amen. We have to become comfortable with that right so secret things belong to god revealed things belong to us we're accountable for those revealed things but what about this instead of being so concerned about what we don't know what do we know about god hmm. and about how god responds so first of all we know that jesus right is the express image of god we know that that Jesus said, I and the Father are one. We know that he said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and all that, right? But we also know this. We know that Jesus healed the sick, don't we? Yes. We know that Jesus raised the dead. We know that Jesus responded mm -hmm. to people based on their faith. We know that Jesus responded to people based on their faith. Mm-hmm. And he responded sometimes based on the faith of others. Yes. And we also know that there were times when Jesus responded when nobody asked him anything. Mm. <laughs> we know that. Christian laughs. Amen. But, but you think about when Jesus responded to someone's faith. Because there were times when Jesus said what? Your faith has made you whole. He said that to the woman with the issue of blood. Go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. 
Blind Bartimaeus, he told Blind Bartimaeus, your faith has made you whole. He told the 10th, I'm calling him the 10th leper. I don't know if he was the 10th leper or not, but remember the 10 lepers mm -hmm. and only one came back and, and gave glory to God. And he said, where are the nine? And then he told him, your faith has made you whole, mm -hmm. right? The others got healed, but he got whole, right? So we know that, that when we ask Jesus, when we ask God for something, we know that he answers, yes, mm -hmm. right? Because we've seen it, and we've seen it. He said, your faith has, 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 has made you whole, right? But we also know that Jesus has responded to the faith of other people. Mm. Somebody needs to hear this today because, like, you think about this, the Syrophoenician woman, right? The one who said, because she had a daughter who was at home who was sick, remember? Right. And Jesus said, it's not right for, you know, uh, to give the food to the dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Instead okay. of the children at the table. And she said, yay, Lord, but even the dogs under the table eat the crumbs. And what he said, he said, great is your faith. And he said, as you will, right? Her daughter was not, her daughter got healed, not because she was believing, because her mom was had the great yeah. faith. The centurion, right? Jesus said, great is your faith. The centurion's servant got healed because of centurion's right. faith. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't the faith of the centurion's servant. It was the centurion's faith. Even those four men who carried their paralytic friend, Remember, they couldn't get in the house. If you read the scripture, it says they couldn't get in. They went to the roof. They broke up the right. roof. They broke, you know, they let the bed down. And then it said, and when Jesus saw their faith, right. mm -hmm. he said to him, your sins are forgiven. It was their faith that right. led Jesus to do something for this man. So we see Jesus respond to the faith of others. We see Jesus respond to the faith of us, mm -hmm. right? So we know that. And then we also see in the Bible that Jesus has done some things when nobody asked anything. Remember? Right. Mm -hmm. Who sinned that this man was born blind? Right. Him or his parents? Jesus said, neither one of them sinned. This is for the works of God to be revealed. And then he did what? Made some clay, put it on his eye, told him go wash in the pool of Siloam. That man didn't ask him anything. <laughs> right? Yeah. The widow of Nain. They're coming through. Jesus sees this funeral procession coming through. He goes over, stops the funeral, touches the casket. The boy gets raised. He gives the boy back to his mother. Mm -hmm. Nobody asked him to do that. So we've seen, we know Jesus answers prayer. We know Jesus answers the prayers of others. We know Jesus does things even when nobody asks. Jesus even does things for people who don't know him. Yep. Glory to God for that. <laughs> even when you didn't know Jesus, Jesus was doing stuff for you. You know who's a proof of that? The man by the pool of Bethesda. Because remember that guy, he made all the excuses because he's like, he's at the pool of Bethesda and the water gets stirred up every now and then by the angel. Mm -hmm. And whoever gets in first would get healed. And Jesus said, you want to be made well? And the guy goes, well, um, you know, every time the angel comes and stirs up the water, 
Somebody beats me down there, and I can never get in. Woe is me. I guess I'm going to stay like this forever. Jesus just said, take up your bed and walk. <laughs> right? Right? And then, and then he's carrying his bed, and the Jews say to him, what are you doing carrying your bed on the Sabbath? And he said, a man who I don't know told me to take up my bed and walk. He said, a man I don't know. So... Not only did he not have faith in Jesus, he didn't even know Jesus. And Jesus still did something for him. Yeah. I'm glad for that. Because, see, I think, you know, for all those people who understand that they haven't been saved their whole life, you know, there were times, you can look back over your life, God was watching over you even when you weren't acknowledging him right. as your God. That's what we know about God. So we know all these things, right? So, so, so... Here's the thing then, and we're talking about even if he doesn't, because see, people get caught up sometimes like God is great, God is good, and God is wonderful, as long as God is doing what I ask him to do. <laughs> but when we get to that point of even if he doesn't, then even so-called devout people start having problems with God. I asked him, I prayed, I served, I sacrificed, I tithed, I did this, I worshipped. Hmm. You see how many eyes are in that? It's never about us. It's about God. Even when you pray or somebody else prays, please understand, it's not your faith that got it done. Right. It's not the other person's faith that got it done. It's the power of God that heals. It's the power of God that saves. It's the power of God that delivers and makes free. It's the power of God. Now, there are times when my prayer or someone else's prayer activates that power, yeah. but it's the power of God that gets it done. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever have confidence in your faith. Yes. This is why I think the church kind of, you know, talking about people who get a prayer through. Now, I understand there's some people who know how to pray and pray effectively. And there's some people who are learning how to pray effectively, right? But, 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 but let's not get it twisted. Deacon so-and-so who so-called knows how to get a prayer through, he's not responsible for someone getting healed. It's the power of God that heals. And yes, we praise God for those who can pray and God responds. But understand something. There are people who get a prayer through. Glory to God, please. Glory. There are people who know how to get a prayer through, who get the prayer through, and the prayer doesn't get answered. Because yes. that gets into the realm of even if he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not about who can get a prayer through. We bump up against something that we're very uncomfortable with. The sovereignty of God. Yeah, I can pray. And yeah, I got promises. And yeah, God said he's going to do certain things. But God never gave up the throne. God is still king. God is still sovereign. And God is still going to decide when a prayer if it gets through or not, he's still going to decide. 
when he's going to release his power. And see, here's the thing. When we pray and God decides to release his power, oh, God is wonderful. When someone else prays for us and God decides to release his power, oh, God is wonderful. When we don't pray and nobody else prays and God just releases power because of his compassion, his grace, and his mercy, God is wonderful. Oh, but when we pray and God, for a reason that's in the secret place, determines he's not going to release his power, we got a problem with God. We start questioning God. There's something wrong with that. Yeah. See, see, our trust and our devotion and the way we view God as being wonderful and good and all those great things cannot be determined by whether or not we get what we want from him when we ask for it. Amen. But I'm a person of faith. Hmm. Understood. And faith can activate, because we saw Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. So we know faith plays a part. We're not saying faith doesn't matter. Faith does matter. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith does matter. No one is saying faith. Because see, some people take this to the other extreme. It doesn't matter what I do then. God's going to do whatever he wants. No. Faith does matter. We've seen it, haven't we? We've seen Jesus say, your faith has made you whole. We've seen that. We've seen Jesus respond to the faith of others, right? So faith does matter. But it's not the be-all that ends all. Mm. It's still the power of God, and it's the sovereignty of God. And in that sovereignty, he's going to decide when he releases his power. And when he released his power and in response to your prayer, he didn't, he didn't explain it to you. But here's the thing. You just got your prayer answered, so you didn't even need an explanation, right? I just got what I wanted. You didn't You didn't say to God, why did you do it? You were just glad he did it, yeah. right? We only want explanations when God doesn't do what we want. Hmm. But in, in whether he did it or whether he didn't, both were an act of his sovereignty. We only have problems with the sovereignty of God when he doesn't do what we want. We got to see the inconsistency in that. If we know God is sovereign and we don't ask him any questions when he blesses us when we, you know, in response to our request, when he blesses us in response to somebody else's request, when he blesses us when nobody asked anything and we don't ask any explanation for that, then how dare we think we're going to put God on trial when he doesn't answer? Because both of those things flows, flow from his sovereignty. Amen. 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 So faith does matter. So we're not going to, so let's not get to the point where we go, well, if God is sovereign, he's going to do what he wants anyway. That's not true. Right? Come on, act like you read your Bible. He told, he told, I think it was Elijah. I think it was Elijah. If I'm wrong on it, but he told one of the prophets, but I think it was Elijah. He told him, go tell Hezekiah. Get your affairs in order, because you're going to die. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Chris is laughing. <laughs> but he did. He Read did your Bible. That. He told him, go tell Hezekiah, get your affairs in order, because you're going to die. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and the Bible says, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to God. Yeah. And God gave him 15 more years. Yeah. Don't tell me that faith doesn't matter. Read your Bible. 
Your faith has made you whole, Jesus said. Mm -hmm. So faith does matter. But faith isn't, it doesn't override the sovereignty of God. And mm -hmm. somebody to say, why not? I got the answer for you. You want to know why not? Here's what I don't know. It's in the secret place. I don't know. I don't know why God allowed the tower to fall on those people and, and kill 18 of them. I don't know. I don't know why why God allowed the baby to be born a stillbirth. I don't know. I don't know why God didn't protect Joseph in the car that day. I don't know. I don't know why he didn't you know, save so-and-so's grandmother when the whole church and, and thousands and thousands of people in, in various places was praying for grandma to be restored. I don't know. I don't know. That's in the secret place. But I do know there were times when I prayed for protection and God protected me because I take nothing for granted and think that it's just natural. I do know that there are times I pray for provision and God provided. I do know that. So I know those things. I don't know why he did it. Do you? You think you did it because you're good? No. Can we can we dispel with this thing? People say, I'm a good person. No, you're not. <laughs> don't get mad at me. It's Bible. Good teacher. What must I do to be saved? Why do you call me good? Yeah. There's none good but one. Now, either Jesus is not telling the truth or we're deluded. Because he said there's none good but one. And yet there's millions of people walking around today. I'm a good person. But Jesus said there's no good but one. What, you're that one? Come on now. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's It's what... And it's okay. It's the goodness of God and the righteousness of God. Right? We're wearing Jesus' robe of righteousness. But we know that our righteousness is but filthy rags. That's why we're so thankful for, for what he's done. But see, we got to understand then that, therefore, it's not, it's not for us to think that we can go to this holy God Mm -hmm. And demand from him explanation for certain things. There's just certain things that we're not going to know. He's in a different place. Yeah. You know, I think about kids. And, you know, like, like anybody who had a kid or has children, sometimes your children may ask you for something. They may ask you for ice cream. They may ask you to go to, to the amusement park and you take them. Now, if your kid believes, oh, whenever I ask, I get what I want. And so they keep coming. Can I have ice cream? Can I have ice cream? Now, you know, you gave them ice cream. You might not have been thinking about giving them ice cream, but they asked. You might have given all your kids ice cream when only one of them asked. Mm -hmm. Like David. David was the one, not ice cream, but he, he's the one that slayed Goliath. But everybody else got blessed. Mm -hmm. He was the only one who, who was operating in the power of God. So only one kid asked for ice cream, but all three kids got ice cream. And then there was sometimes as a parent, 
you just decided, I'm going to give my kids some ice cream because you wanted a treat. In each one of those situations, the parent decided whether the ice cream was going to be given. Yep. Right? It would be crazy for the kid to think, I asked mom for ice cream, I got ice cream, I can get ice cream anytime I want. And then if they ask mom for ice cream and mom says no, then they're going to get mad at mom and curse mom and mom's no good and mom never gives me anything and mom never listens. But that's how we treat God. When we don't, when God doesn't respond, now all of a sudden God is on trial to us. We have to understand it's a secret place in God. A place where there's times when he doesn't do what we want and we don't know why. Mm. Amen. But if 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 we're praying and we're asking and we're believing and we come face to face with the even if he doesn't, what are we gonna do? What are we going to do? I think here that God wants us to understand. Rest in the partial knowledge that we have, right? We only know in part, right? We only know in part. We don't know about that secret place. But just because we only know in part, don't allow your partial knowledge to provide justification in your mind that you can now shrink back from God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Right? You know, don't shrink back from God just because you don't know why certain things may or may not happen. If God is good, God is good. Yes. Amen. If God is faithful, God is faithful. If God is trustworthy, God is trustworthy. Amen. And and, and you have to be like Job, right? Though he slay me, right? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yes. Right? What's he saying? If I never get out of this situation, I'm still going to trust. See, that's devotion. Yeah. That's that's the kind of devotion that God is looking for. In Hebrews 10 and 38, the writer says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. See, there's too many Christians who are drawing back from God because they bump up to the even if he doesn't, and they don't like it. So they they are only going to... Follow behind God, lift up their hands, praise God, worship God, testify by God, as long as God is doing stuff for them. What is God, a genie in a bottle? God's our servant? We're his master? We're the ones who judges him? You don't do what we want, now I'm going to shake my fist at heaven? God forbid. Amen? Mm -hmm. But he didn't answer me. I know that. Can anybody, is there anybody here who can say you've had prayers that God hasn't answered? Hmm? Have you ever asked God for explanations and you get radio silence from heaven? Hmm? We We gotta be comfortable with this. That must be in the secret place. Or it could be in the hereafter place. Maybe you're gonna know hereafter. Maybe you won't know ever. On this side. You got to be okay with that. Mm. And still trust and follow after God. Amen. Um, let's do this. Let's end here. Let's go to Acts chapter 7.
I believe God wants someone to be released today from a prison that you've placed yourself in because you've now kind of drawn away from God and kind of put a box around you and God, some separation because you're mad at him. You're mad because he hasn't done what you've asked him and you don't know why. And I understand the frustration. The frustration is real and I understand the frustration. And God understands it too, but doesn't make it right. <laughs> and it doesn't make it the proper response. There is a place of even if he doesn't. And what do you do when you get there? Does God now become less of a God to you? Does he become less worthy to you because he didn't do something? Acts chapter 7. Um, you remember Stephen, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find the scripture where they talk about how they chose. Is this the place where they said they chose the um, the seven? The well, actually, I guess it's um, in Acts chapter six. Yeah. It talks about Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders among the people. Mm -hmm. But uh, before that, in verse 5, it says that the um, apostles, that they chose certain men, and they chose Stephen, and it, he's described as a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they chose some others to serve the widows in the church and to serve others in the church. But Stephen is described as a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost. And in verse 8, He's a man full of faith and power who did great wonders and miracles. And then the people lied on Stephen. Mm -hmm. the, the Jews, right? The, the Jewish leaders in the synagogue and others. They lied on Stephen and said he had, was guilty of blasphemy. And so Stephen gave his defense. And Stephen broke down everything from, from Genesis through, mm -hmm. you know, through, the, through Jesus and said, listen, you guys rejected rejected." Jesus, right? Um, and they got so upset with him. Um, in verse 51 is when he brought it all home. He said, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in, in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before the coming of the just one, of Jesus, of whom, of Jesus, ye have now, you, ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. So they got mad. But they mm -hmm. said, you, he said, you did just like your father, killed the prophets, right? Didn't believe God, right? He said, and he said, you received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. He said, and, you can, and you're guilty of killing Jesus. And it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, gnashed with their teeth upon him. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, now watch this, looked up steadfastly into heaven. And what did he see? He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. So Jesus is not sitting at the right hand of God. If he was sitting, he saw Stephen in his defense and was so taken by it, he stood up and looking and 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 Stephen sees this 
and the heavens are open, son of man standing at the right hand of God. But then the people cried with a loud voice, stopped their ears, cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And verse 59 says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He died. Mm -hmm. Stephen was a man filled with the Holy Ghost, served in the church, did great miracles and wonders, testified about God and his goodness and his promises and testified about Jesus. And now he's being attacked. Yeah. And God... He looked up to heaven and God, he sees the glory of God. God is witnessing this. Jesus is looking at it. And they did nothing. Mm. Now someone said, why didn't Jesus deliver him? Jesus was watching. Right. And he watched him get stoned. Why? I don't know. That's in the secret place. I don't know. Does it make him less caring, less loving, less God because it happened? No, there's certain things to which we don't have access. And so what happens when you pray, but he doesn't do it? I remember when I was a kid, Christian, they had these things called connected dots. You ever seen those? Mm -hmm. Connected dots, where you can just connect the dots and if you connect all the dots, you can draw a nice picture, an elephant, a forest, something that you couldn't do on your own. But if you connected the dots, right, it'd be beautiful. You could color it in and you go, mommy, look what I did. Right. And all the dots were on the page. And that's fine. But see, when it comes to God, we need to understand something. Some of the dots when it comes to God and his will and everything else, are off the page. Mm -hmm. And so when we connect the dots, there's always going to be gaps <laughs> in our dots because some of the dots are off the page. And so what, what we're left with is not a beautiful picture because we connected all the dots. We're left with a picture that we don't even know what it is mm -hmm. because all the dots aren't connected right. because some of those dots are in the secret place. And we can't connect them. It just is what it is. Is it fair? Who cares? Was it fair that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world when he was sinless? No. So what's fairness got to do with it? He's God. Mm -hmm. Amen? He's God. But just know this. Jesus held nothing back when he went to the cross to die mm -hmm. for us. Right? And that alone should lead us to a place where we have full devotion and trust and love and worship and service and all these good things for him, right? And that should be in place when God does things for us, when we don't ask, when God moves in our lives because some other people around us are praying, when God moves in our lives, when we pray, mm -hmm. and it should still be the same way, even if he doesn't. Right. Amen. Amen. 
God is still God, and he's still good, even if he doesn't do all the things that we want. And look, perhaps we're going to get to the other side of glory, and we will fully understand why certain prayers were not answered. I don't know. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But we need to reconcile on this side of glory, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Mm-hmm. Listen up. God is able. God will. And even if he doesn't, I'm still going to worship this good and holy God I serve. Amen? Amen. Let that be our prayer. And I believe if that's our prayer and if that's our approach to it, we'll see God move in our lives probably more than we do now because some people have shrunk back from God. And God says, I have no pleasure in that. So you're only hurting yourself if you do that. Mm-hmm. Stay steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. And stay steadfast and immovable in your worship and praise of him. Mm-hmm. Amen? Even if he doesn't. Let's pray. Father, we bless your name. Yes, Father. And we thank you, God, for being God. Father, you do things that we don't understand. And Father God, there are times when our hearts have been broken because our prayers have not been answered. And our eyes have been filled with tears and our lives filled with sorrow. And Father God, there's even times where we have shaken our fists against heaven, oh God, and we've been uh, angry and upset with you. Father, we ask you to forgive us for those times in the name of Jesus Christ and bring us to a place of deeper understanding. Father, help us. Help us to accept, oh God, that there are there is a secret place in God. Yes. That there are some things that are concealed in your sovereignty, oh God. And let us know, oh God, that it is it is your will that is done, oh God, according to your perfect plan for us, oh God. And let us have trust in that plan, even if we do not understand all the things you do and the things that you don't do. Yes, Father God, we're just praying that you will grow us up in our faith, O oh God. And that, Father, that we won't have faith in our faith. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, he told the disciples, have faith in God. Yes. And so, Father, it is always you. You are the object of our faith. And so, Father, let us always keep you first. And, Father God, just help us, O oh God. And heal our hearts, O oh God. And just help us to yes, accept Father. those things that we can't understand and continue to lead us in the way everlasting. Father, we yet count you good. We count you good for all the things that you've done, all the things that you shall do, and all the things that uh, that you promised to do for yes, us. Father. But Father God, we even count you good that when we ask you and for whatever reason, God, you don't do it. Father, let us be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and stay steadfast in our faith in you that we will continue to serve you and you alone. Worship you and you alone. Lift up the name of Jesus and his name alone even when you don't answer our prayers because you're that good and you're that worthy. Father, we give you praise for growing us up in our faith today and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. 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 And we all have those things, right? Of um, not understanding, right? Why God hasn't done anything or uh, done a certain thing. 
but um we're going to trust him even if he doesn't amen yeah amen so god bless you we'll see you next time god willing amen uh, enjoy the rest of your day have a great day uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend and continue praising god amen amen